0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal i saw from them was the science fair which is a parallel classic drive and distortion and now they've released a new parallel concept called the class reunion the class reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their trash panda which is like a soft clipping high gain amp in a box style circuit and it is a super super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options parallel blending It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to SummerschoolElectronics.com, that's SummerschoolElectronics.com, and check them out today. This episode is, of course, brought to you by one of my very favorite companies, and you should know them by now. You should have some in your life, Sinusoid. I want to talk to you about... What they like to call their flex special, that's bleh, flex special of the week. Every Tuesday, they got a new cable in a sort of custom color Techflex type situation, and it's a unique spin. And uh, they do it every Tuesday, and it's you can scoop them up for a, a deal. Because I know you're used to thinking of sinusoid, you think of custom cables. These are pre-made; they're done. They pre-select them. They always look awesome. And you can get them for a little discount, so watch for them, their flex specials that come out on Tuesday. And, you know, treat yourself. This episode is also brought to you by the fine, fine, wonderful family over at Fuzz Roach's Petals. And I know we've hinted at it for a while, that things are finally moving in the right direction. Well, they're speeding along, shall we say. There might be another... Another project in the works. Another Tone Mob exclusive pedal project coming out very, very soon. If, uh, if everything falls into place the way we want. And yeah, it's, it's with Fuzz Rocious. So I'm really excited about this. It's been coming for a long time. Best way to stay up on it is to stay glued to either of our emails. Go to the Fuzz Rocious newsletter, the Tone Mob newsletter. That's gonna, who's gonna get first crack at it. So go over there and subscribe. And, uh, yeah, you'll be glad you did. I'm, I'm certain of it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a long-awaited episode of the Tone Mob podcast. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with- at long last, I finally have mr. Nick Greer of greer amps on the horn today how you doing buddy I, I'm I'm here I'm I'm alive and well I I can see I can hear that you sound you sound vibrant like you just got uh, done oh, I, running down a mountain or something
1: I am vibrant I'm like I'm like you know green as can be you know like a vibrant plant oh yes so,
0: what if it's a, what if it's a non-green plant what if it's a flower or something
1: uh well then i'm the most vibrant flower of the bunch right now and delicate <laughs> you
0: know uh, yeah you're a very sensitive man
1: i am i am
0: but uh how's how's things going for you today how's the weather down there in wonderful athens not greece but georgia
1: yeah um it's pretty good. It's, uh, I'm looking out my little slit window here in my office and, uh, you know, it's pretty bright out there. Uh, it was like 30 something this morning, but, uh, it's warmed up a little bit. So, you know, all in all, not a bad day. Not a bad day. I think, um,
0: I think we're just, we just had a little spurt of similar weather the last couple of days and now we're just back to the gray Portland grind. Um, you know, Nothing like a little seasonal affective disorder to really
1: kick off everything the correct way. You really got to sprinkle that stuff in sparingly, though, you know? Yeah, we kind of. Best in small
0: dose. We kind of just overdose on it for three, four months. We just go, here you go. Have some gray. And, uh, you know. I mean, hey, whatever works. I mean, later. it's just, uh, we, I mean, it's there's there's no happy medium around here. It's just gray and then, like, the most beautiful summers
1: and then gray. That's just this, basically, what happens. But you know, I hear you. I, I just realized that you can probably hear my chair squeaking, and it's really annoying. But whatever. Anyway, well,
0: you know, if, if people <laughs> people really don't
1: like it, we'll have them email you about it. So, uh, I'm sure that they will. <laughs> yeah, so, someone sending an email about this. I know it's coming. <laughs> you'd you'd be surprised. I have a can of WD-40 on the floor. I'm doing a podcast right now. People, I'm sorry. I'll take care of it later.
0: So, Nick, you're a uh, you're a uh, you've been around for uh, quite some time in this weird little gear industry that we know and love so well. But uh I know myself I'm not totally familiar with your musical backstory and the history of Greer Amps as a company and so I'm sure a lot of people, myself included, would love to hear you know your side of the story. How did you get uh, from where you are, na- where you were, to where you are now.
1: Um, it's a long and winding road. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, May thirteenth of this year is twenty years, uh, for Greer Ants for the company. Um, so, Very cool. Uh, twenty years ago, I um, built myself a pedal. Um, bunch of friends that played guitar heard it and decided that they wanted one so i built them some uh and then somehow one of them made a made its way up to uh i think it was raleigh north carolina uh yeah it was the raleigh area at least uh and and the next thing i knew i had a phone call um from this music store up there and they wanted to like stock some of the pedals and so like you know i i didn't never meant to really start a business uh i just wanted to build a few pedals for me and my friends and the next thing i know you know i'm sending a shipment of them up there and uh at the time i was building on building them on my uh on my dad's pool table Um, Mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. you know just uh kind of you know putting out what i could at the time and um yeah it was kind of crazy because like i said it just kind of went from there um you know it 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 kind of like the business kind of hung around and went through we went through different models of business um uh like multiple different models of business over the years um this is probably actually i think the fifth or sixth rebuild of the company that we're running now um oh wow and uh like basically the like it really kind of took off honestly about five years ago or so um, whenever I hired the first person, cause it was just me up until then. Um, and while, while I was in college, I had my roommates uh, help. Um, but, you know, for the most part, um, for the most part of those years, it was, uh, it was just me um, building everything and, you know, calling dealers, doing sales, all that stuff. Um, and so, like I said, um, up until, you know, about, Five years ago, it kind of just petered along, but then, uh, you know, I I hired someone and suddenly became very responsible for someone else's well being. Um, right. Which is a, uh, which is very different when, like, uh, as compared to like just like sitting around and being like, oh, yeah, you know, I can build, you know, five or six pedals and be okay. You know, um, it, it becomes a heck of a lot more intense whenever you, uh, have other people relying on you, and suddenly it becomes more important to do um, things right the right way and to do the right thing um, for everyone involved. And so, uh, right, yeah it's it's been a learning experience. The last five years have been um, the best business school that I think I ever could have uh, could have been in. Um, while I was in college, uh, it was interesting because the um, the company was kind of doing what it was doing and uh it was doing well at the time but um we had some amps and stuff show up on like an award show i think it was cmas um with uh alex whedon um and i told my advisor about it uh and um he watched it and then called me in to his office the next day he actually sent an email out to the listserv uh telling everyone else to watch um you know, and he, he watched it. I don't think he really knew what I did and everything, but he watched the, the, the award show, called me into his office the next day. And he just sat me down and he was like, look, man, you've got a business. Um, you don't need to be in school. And, uh, so I was the first person that he ever advised as a college advisor at the university of Georgia. Um, to drop out. <laughs> like oh. he, he literally told me, he's like, he's like, you're doing well in school. You're going to graduate fine. If you keep on this track, he's like, but, uh, he goes at this point, I, I feel like it w- I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you to leave and go work on your business. Uh, he goes, the college will be here, you know, for, for years to come. So whenever you're ready to come back, it'll be here, you know? Uh, and so mm-hmm. it was interesting trying to explain that to my parents was all, was very interesting too. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that, that that that's what I did, but that was uh gosh, that was, I don't even know when that was, that was probably, I dropped out of college, I think probably in 2008 or so, maybe. Um, and, you know, worked on it. And then, like I said, five years ago or so, it just kind of, some things kind of clicked and suddenly it became very important to, to, uh, grow the business. And I'm glad we have, uh, because we've got, mm-hmm. a we've got a really good staff of, of people working here. Um, you may be able to hear them in the background actually, because my office is right next to the build room. Um, and you know, it's, it's absolutely awesome. I mean, these guys are like family to me. Um, and you know, we do the best we can uh, and build the best products we can. And then we back them by the best warranty we can put on them, you know? Mhm.
0: So, yeah, that it's interesting that you're talking about your college experience because I think I'm I, you know, I I have very, you know, opinions on that um being a limited uh, a guy with limited college experience and never really never really thought about that path cuz like it's just never appealed to me and I feel like there's been a lot of people um that could benefit from having an advisor like you did. It's like, it's not for everybody, but yeah. that narrative was pushed for a long time, you know, uh, until, you know, to a lot of people's detriment in my opinion. So uh, 100%. it's kind of awesome that <laughs> it, it's awesome that that guy was willing to say that.
1: Well, like, you know, the thing is a lot of people go to college they get a lot of debt and then they graduate. Um, and then there's the stark reality of like, finding a job in the field in which you went to college, you know, and, um, and most people simply don't get a job in their, in their respective field. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, I guess that the college experience was helpful and that, and um, that it gave you some problem solving skills and some social skills. Um, but it, it really isn't what you're doing on a daily basis, so to speak. I mean, Heck, I'm a prime example. My degree was in, uh, what, what I was working on was a degree in uh, classical culture, Greco Roman studies. Um, so, you know, I can tell you all about Plenty of the Elder and Plenty of the Younger, but at the end of the day, that doesn't really help whenever I'm building a live speed.
0: I'm, so, uh, are you talking about the craft beer, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Sure.
0: Because <laughs> I can tell you about those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where, like I said, uh, you know, the Greco Roman studies, uh, doesn't really come into play in the electronics world. Um, and so, you know, what, what started on my father's pool table, um, you know, it kind of had this natural progression that kind of paralleled my college career, um, mm-hmm. in which I've learned how to engineer these things and, you know, how to actually like make circuits run properly and design circuits that will run properly and stuff like that. And how to manipulate different things and everything like that. Um, I did a couple of internships, um, but they were very minimal internships and those internships taught me just enough to kind of be dangerous. And then I got to go and, you know, sit at home and play around with stuff with a, with a soldering iron until I figured out what made different things happen circuit wise. And from there, you know, just kind of took off.
0: So what was, um, what was the first kind of Greer amps circuit, so to speak? Like what was your first pedal? I think, it, our, I mean, actually, I think I know the answer to this,
1: but our you, first I'll pedal was the black fuzz. Um, and the black fuzz mm-hmm. was based on an Electro distortion, um, which is a very simple single transistor, um, drive slash boost slash it has a little bit of a fuzziness to it. Um, so it's not like a traditional fuzz, like a, uh, like a fuzz face or anything like that. Um, what it sounds Mm -hmm. like is like, like with, with enough circuit manipulation, you can kind of make those, uh, those circuits, um, sound completely different just by changing a couple of parts on, on those circuits. And so that taught me a lot, um, actually, because I began kind of tweaking some things because what I wanted to do was get it to a place where it sounded like my blackface basement with a little bit of fuzz tacked on top, if it was cranked, you know? Mm. Um, and so that's, that's where the black fuzz came from. Um, and so that's, uh, that, that was the first, um, product, I guess, that you could say was out in the wild. Um, and we reissued it a couple of years back. Um, and, uh, you know, they're still just as fun as they ever were. Very cool,
0: is that the one that kind of got picked up in in Raleigh, or was that uh yeah. was that something else
1: it was that one um and then after that we followed it up with the uh with the sonic boom, which was just a, a single transistor booster um but the black fuzz was what kind of kind of i guess you know started things into the business area the the business side of things, I suppose
0: mm-hmm. So I, I first became aware of your stuff when the, you know, been you'd actually been around for quite a while, but I first, my first introduction was the Lightspeed, which I still have and love, um, but I've noticed your, all your dirt pedals have a, and we we talked about this at Nam briefly, I think, they have, a, a, the breakup characteristic is always like, it's got a lot of top end, but not, not so much that it it gets fizzy and weird and they all have kind of this similar, not that they sound the same, but they all have this pleasing top end to them, to my ears. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm the only one that's mentioned that or not, but I just really like, I really like how all your dirt pedals
1: break up. They, they, they please me. Awesome. Well, you know, we're aiming to please. So I'm happy that that's, uh, that, that that's the <laughs> case. Yeah. Um As far as the design of the, of, of all the dirt pedals. And part of the reason why we, while we build so many is because there are so many different ways to manipulate, uh, drive circuits. Um, but part of like my design, uh, I guess ideology theory, whatever you want to call it is that, um, I started everything off like with a, with a pedal, but I was actually repairing amps at the time. So everything that I kind of, um, uh, th- that I kind of did, I was doing while, kind of thinking in my head about amps, you know? Um, so I was doing a lot of repair for a, a local music store down in South Georgia. Um, and uh, while doing all like, like the repairs and stuff, you know, I'd hear the, the nuances of these different amp circuits. Um, and so I, I tried to incorporate that kind of thing into the drive sounds that we do. So, you know, um, amps tend to soften up a little bit. On the top end, whenever they get overdriven, especially good a good tube amp does. Uh, solid state ones are, are kind of different, um, but they kind of soften up a little bit and do some different things, especially on that top end. Um, and uh, that's one of the big things that I wanted to put in our, into our like our sound because you know, as much as we have a logo, um, the most marketable thing that we have is the sound. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that's that, that that's plain and simple, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, if that's one thing that kind of like bothers me with some uh, like not all, but, but some of the like pedal modding thing is that like if someone hears like a modded light speed, for instance, um, and then they suddenly think, oh, well, that's what a light speed sounds like. Then they go and get one, you know, or if they hear it and they think it sounds bad, you know, and it's been modded. Um, then they're gonna associate that with the light speed instead of saying, like, oh no, that's a modded pedal, you know, because a lot of times you don't know that it's modded or whatever. Um, like I've got twelve tube screamers here that are all modded, and then I have the stock tube screamer, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. if all that you're ever exposed to are these 12 modded tube screamers, um do you really know what a tube screamer sounds like? You know, because Because at the end of the day, it's one of it's one of those things where, like you know, Avenez is selling a product, and the product is is designed a specific way, Um, and it's it's a product that was designed to produce a sound, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and that sound is is what the product is at the end of the day, and so like it's one of those things where that that, that's kind of like a an interesting thing to me is that you know, um, like. The, the the most marketable thing that we have is the sound that we produce. It's not the actual tangible object. The tangible object is the method of getting the sound. You know, yeah, yeah. You
0: said something interesting, and I it clicked something in my brain. Um, I'm so very removed from the uh, DIY effects thing. Like I, I can solder stuff, but you know, I don't. That's that's about the extent of it. I just, I really don't. That's not my thing. Um, but I gotta say I don't know if I've seen very many. I've seen some. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I've seen very many, what whatever you, you want to call "quote unquote" boutique pedals modified. Do you see a lot of like you, you mentioned a modified light speed? Do you see that very often?
1: We don't. Um, and we we do some things in order to keep that from from happening in our pedals. But uh, you know, the other thing is, um, we don't see it a lot on our stuff. We see a lot of it. Um, in other brand stuff though, like we'll get repairs in, um, for other brand stuff. That's just local stuff here that needs to be fixed. And, you know, it'll be something simple, like a switch has gone out, you know? Um, cause those things die. I mean, those uh, switches these days are not to, to, to sound like an old, uh, old codger. They're not built like they used to be. Um, and, uh, (laughs) and, and it's true. They're not, uh, and so like you, you'll, um, We'll get a switch that comes in that's, you know, or a pedal that comes in that's got a switch problem or whatever, and we'll open it up. And suddenly, you know, it's kind of been hacked at Um, and a bunch of different things have been done to it. And, uh, you know, we always try to test it. But the thing is that, you know, like on our end of things, if it's been modified, you know, we have nowhere to start, you know, because we don't know what the mod was going for. Um, you know, unless they basically write a novel on the back plate, explaining what the mod was attempting to do. Um, it really, it really is kind of like one of those things where we're like, yeah, it makes a sound, um, you know, and (laughs) it sounds good or it sounds bad or whatever, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, the switch is fixed. So here you go, you know, um, (laughs) right. And so that's the, 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 that's kind of the thing, you know, uh, It's, it's interesting. Like I said, we'll see it from a lot, a lot of other company on a lot of other companies products. We'll get, we'll see that whenever we get repairs in, Um, you know, and uh, it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm always wondering like, okay, you know, if someone hears this product and they see that logo, you know, are they going to associate the right thing with the company, with the product, you know? Um, Right. And you, you know, because I mean, if, if, if you hear a modified black fuzz and no one's put a sticker on the outside of it, it says, you know, modified, <laughs> modified by whatever. If that's not there, then you're going to think that that's the way a black fuzz sounds and whether it's good or bad, you might, you, 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 you're either going to, you, you might end up disappointed if you get a, a regular black fuzz because, or if you get something where you're like, Hey, you know, like that sounded terrible. And then the next, time you hear a black fuzz suddenly you're like well that doesn't sound like what it sounded like before you know um mm-hmm. so it's one of those things it's just kind of weird kind of an interesting, interesting. Uh, little, little thing in the in this industry
0: so yeah i i just thought of something else um you it's, i'm assuming that you, oh go ahead
1: I, I was gonna say it's kind of like if someone ran into coca-cola and uh Dumped you know a fifty pound sack of salt into their in, into their syrup mix and uh, you know no one knew about it and they bottled it you know <laughs> suddenly, suddenly you've got a salty Coke and you know if it's the first time you've ever tried it you might think that's what Coke tastes like you know <laughs>
0: yep yeah. mm hmm and then, yeah without really knowing like I hate Coke it's disgusting
1: you yeah a why why would anyone drink one. seawater. <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, I think I see. I see where we you're going for there. That's that's uh, interesting. I've never really talked about that with other people, but yeah, I'm sure there's a lot floating out there that's like, hmm, somebody somebody messed with it. You know, I got this EP booster and it sounds different than the other one because a guy changed something in it. You know, yeah. who knows? Um, interesting. That's an interesting problem that I've I've not considered before.
1: It's it's always this industry is always interesting, man.
0: Well, that much I'm very hyper aware of. <laughs> it's I keep I, you know I've talked to people from other other businesses and and kind of try to explain the oddities and eccentricities of this one, and they're they're just like you people are crazy, <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> Which
1: we maybe we are. I don't know. I, I think we are. I think you have to be a little crazy in order to. To, to to exist in this industry because i mean you know you have to kind of butt head with crazy every now and then so yes
0: so i'm assuming the greer amps name most people know you for your pedals but yet your greer amps i know you make great amps i've played them but i think most people and myself included associate you with pedals how did that kind of
1: work out um well the company started out as Nick Greer Experimental Designs. Um that was the name of the well, company. I, um I like that. So so um that that was the name of the company. You'll 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 find a bunch of like our old hand painted stuff if you look on Reverb, I'm sure there's some up there. Um that says Nick Greer EXP Designs and uh different people had thought that the EXP meant different things. I'm setting the record straight at experimental. Um And, uh, plain and simple, like the, the the web address for the old website was so long that people had a hard time finding us. And, uh, you Uh, know, we just, you know, anytime that like I would hand someone a business card and I'd write it down, my handwriting is, is okay. But, you know, if they couldn't tell what it was, um, you know, they'd never be able to find us. Um, and so, you know, we just kind of, I, I just sat down one day and I was like, okay, you know, it was one of those, w- w- one of the many rebuilds that this company has had. Um And I was like, you know what, we're just going to be Greer amps because we're building amps now. By that time, we had already started building amps Um and we were actually selling them under the Nick Greer experimental design names. Um, but like, you know, we, uh I was like, you know, uh, I'm rebuilding the company. I, I, I have the opportunity to rebrand. I can make it a little bit easier and a little bit simpler for people to find us. And, uh, so I just, uh, registered the name as Greer amps and, uh, and we kind of went from there.
0: I see. I see. So let's, can we talk about some of those rebuilds? I find that that stuff to be very interesting. Like what, what did those look like? You said five or six times. Can you talk about any of that and the reasons Um, and why and how
1: it was product line changes? Um, crazy life experience changes Uh, like uh, at one point, one of the rebuilds was actually kind of due to a divorce. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, it it was that kind of a thing where it, it, you know, like there were, there were many different, different factors that had different impacts on me personally and the business. Um, And, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things where like we went from, hand painting the pedals into, you know, using the face plates, uh, kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, at some point we added, you know, the screen printer boxes as well. Um, which before anyone starts yelling at us about that, we are going to continue to do the face plates because we get a lot of people. I get a lot of emails from people asking, are you going to stop doing the face plates? Please don't stop doing the face plates. So, um, we're going to keep doing those. Um, but, um, you know, that's kind of the thing. It just kind of, uh, it was just different things that kind of had different impacts, um, personal life, uh, and business life, you know? Um, so yeah.
0: So yeah, all, all sorts <laughs> of different kinds of reasons is what you're trying to tell me.
1: <laughs> yeah. There there were multiple uh, reasons. Like I said, uh, like some of it was product line related. Some of it was, um was a, a business model change. Uh, for years we didn't sell direct on the website. Um, and after we actually, you know, became aware of, of the ability to track users on our website, we realized that, you know, we were not capturing the, uh, the quantity of sales that we could have been because our dealer network was super small at the time. Um, you know, and the dealers were doing great work, but, you know, if you have 12 dealers and they're all spread out and, you know, let's say you don't have one, I don't know, in Nashville, uh, and someone from Nashville wants your product, you know, a lot of times they're looking to just buy it direct, you know, or, or wherever, not, not necessarily Nashville. Cause now we have great deal, <laughs> a great couple of great dealers there, but, um, you know, like the, the, there are a lot of people that just want to buy direct. And so like one of the, one of the rebuilds was the um just sh- the, the shift to uh, okay, we're going to you know have dealers and we're going to have the website where you can purchase direct from us. Um, and you know, it was, it was kind of a, it, it was a big change for us because suddenly we started capturing those sales, seeing that, you know, Hey, we've been, missing out on a bunch of stuff for the past little while. And then on top of that, that actually helped to grow our dealer base um, because it got us more exposure in areas that we didn't have exposure in. And people would, you know, take the pedals in to music stores and show them off to their friends that work there. And suddenly, you know, Hey, people want to buy this, you know, and um, it just kind of, it, it was a big change. So that was one of the, one of the big rebuilds was, um, Kind of like, you know, let's let's evaluate the product line, shut everything down for a little bit, strip the product line down to what it actually needs to be instead of, you know, making all these pedals because we used to build a ton of them Um, and, you know, really focus on doing the best job that we can, Um, you know, instead of doing an okay job at 35 pedals, let's do the best job that we can at, you know, 15 or 20 kind of thing. Mm hmm. So, so, so
0: uh, yep. that's, uh, that's kind of interesting because probably the nature of you being around for a while. But I think these days, most people start direct and then start adding in dealers later um, right. when, they're first, when they're first starting out. So that's kind of a, an interesting perspective change.
1: Yeah. And like uh, in 98, whenever I started the company and we had a website, um, programming a uh, shopping cart for a website was uh, was a task. Um, yes, it involved a lot of, a lot of HTML and, uh, and that HTML broke pretty regularly. (laughs) Um, and so it was, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of maintenance and a lot of, um, I don't know, it was, it was pretty painful to have a, a shopping cart at that time. Um, and so, like I said, you know, that's, that's actually one of the reasons why we didn't sell direct for a little while was that, you know, the technology was limited back then. Um, and it it stayed, it remained limited for a long time, actually. Um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think that the average, uh, consumer really, um, knows how difficult it was to have a shopping cart on a website up until probably about five or 10 years ago. Um, it was Mm -hmm. pretty darn difficult.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, you were. That's why your average consumer guy basically started an eBay store or something like that. Ex- exactly. It, it, it was hard. That stuff was not drop drag and drop the way it is right now. You know.
1: Yeah. Um, now so you just changed. click a button and and suddenly your shopping cart is active.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 almost like wow, this is a well. It's amazing that we have the you know. Guys like me have the ability to do that kind of stuff because I couldn't you ask me to program HTML. that would be uh that would be a joke.
1: I mean Yeah. And yeah, I was and see joke. like that Yeah, if you want to talk about rebuilds, that was another rebuild at one point. Uh, you know, I, I programmed all the website by myself for a long time. At one point we brought a, a new programmer in and uh, you know, basically gave everything over to him uh, to to build. The website and everything, and so like he was able to to kind of like up our presence online through whatever he was doing, all of his wizardry um and uh <laughs> yeah, I mean like like it and once again, you know take a evaluate the product, strip the products down to the ones that are doing well um, and you know roll the new website out, kind of thing um and so it was just that kind of a thing you know there, there there's a lot of stuff that happens um in a business that, you know, I, I never thought about, um, you know, it, th- there's just a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things whenever it comes to, to running a business, especially in this industry, this industry keeps you on your toes.
0: That's, that's for sure. Um, what would you say as far as, cause you know, I know there's lots of guys listening to this that, that are trying to, or are actively in this, in this business. What's some of the, biggest like knowledge bombs or something or a biggest learning you know from being in it for a while what are some of the most important things you've learned
1: um this is going to sound really bad (laughs) but like it's it's not it's actually not it's actually not bad but this is going to sound bad um it's okay to say no oh okay Um, for for years we gotta ask Um, multiple times by multiple people to, hey, can you please build this custom pedal? And I I would say yes to everything. I said yes to everything across the board. Um, And it got to the point where our standard product line was not going out. Uh, Whenever I say we, uh, I'm actually talking about just me because at that point it was just me. Um, And uh, the, the standard product line was not able to be built. Um, because I was spending so much time, you know, just trying to get this one off, this literal one-time pedal, um, built and, you know, I'd get it done and I'd be exhausted. I'd go to bed the next day. I'd look at my bank account and I would be, you know, depressed (laughs) and not want to, not want to work on the, not want to work on the stuff that was actually going to bring me in some money, uh, because plain and simple, I knew that I'd messed up, um by, by taking on the work of that one little custom pedal. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I say that it's going to sound bad because like, we get a lot of people that ask us, you know, still for custom stuff. Um, and I, I want to do all the custom stuff that we could do. Um, like if, you know, my, my personality, I, I'm kind of a people pleaser. So, um, I'll end up kind of bending over backwards and, and then end up hurting myself in some ways um in order to just make someone happy but the reality is that you know whenever you have more people like i said i've got you know four employees um that are dependent on me uh whenever you have more people in the mix and they're 100 percent, you know dependent on you for their income uh you've you have to learn to say no um and you have to learn to say you but you also have to learn to say yes to the right things Um, you know, it's not, it's not one of those things where everything becomes a no, it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes they become a, Hey, we're working on something similar to that. Give us some time, you know? Um, and then other times, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, we, we can't shut down the normal production line in order to fill this one request. It's a good request, but we just can't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I've seen, I've seen some some stuff about another another builder that's out there and his response and all that stuff. And I'm not really going to go, go, go much further into, into what he said, but I I think that there's, you know, just, uh, just being honest with your customer and saying, Hey, you know, like, we'd love to do it, but we can't, um, is, is a good place to start, you know, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, um, at the end of the day, we're not here without, without the customers. And, uh, you know, we want it, we want the customer to have the best customer experience that they can have.
0: Yeah. I think there's there, that is lost on, on some people. Uh, and I believe I know of what you're speaking, but, uh, the, the, there's a, there's a respectful way to do it. You know what I mean? And, and believe me, I, I understand how frustrating that stuff can be sometimes not necessarily the request for custom stuff, but just, yeah, I, I sometimes get laundry lists of, of questions um and that's yeah. that's fine that's what I'm here for I'm here to help but at, at you know there was there was a particular individual that you know it was just like an ongoing thing every every basically every couple three four days in the beginning I was getting asked how to set his amp for different sounds and I finally just kind of had to I would tell him I give him my two cents and it, and it was fine. I like, I like helping people. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, you really just kind of need to tweak the knobs and find out, like, I can't tell you what you're hearing. I'm not even there. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is that, you know, tone's all in your head. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it's a lot of people say it's in your fingers. It's, it's, it's actually in your head. Uh, Cause it comes down to what you hear. Um, at the end of the day, we all hear things differently. Um, you know, like I, I get a lot of questions from people asking like, Hey, you know, how do I get this sound with this pedal? Um, you know, and the honest truth is that I can kind of point you in a direction, but you know, you're going to hear things different than I hear them. Um, and at the end of the day, you, you know, you've got to kind of mess around with the knobs and, and see where it, where, where you can get it to go. Um, and that's just. The, the, the practicalities of it and the reality of it is that, you know, we all hear things differently. Um, and if it were my pedal with my amp and my guitar and my hands, this is the setting that I would start with. But that might not work for you. You know? Well, yeah. And then that's
0: the room you're in. And then, like your physical, like you said, it's in your head. Your physical body, the way that that those sound waves strike your bones and vibrate up, is different because, like, you're obviously like way taller and bigger than I am. I'm a little dude. I I guarantee you that plays that factors in to some degree, especially in different locations. Oh yeah.
1: Well, I mean. You know, I, I really like Warren Haynes' tone. I don't think that Warren Haynes' tone would uh would be quite where he sets it if he was like you know 150 pounds. Right, <laughs> I, you know? I agree with uh, that. Yes, he. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not bagging on him by any means. Uh, but you know, he has he has big man tone, and that's not a that's not a bad thing. It actually is an amazing thing. Warren Haynes' tone is one of my favorites. Um, and uh, at the end of the day. You know, I, th- I think if he was like I said, a hundred and fifty pound, you know, little skinny guy, it would uh, it would be a completely different setting that he would choose on his amps and his pedals and everything else. Um, and I-, I think it's just because, plain and simple, he'd hear things differently.
0: You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's. I didn't really even think about that until I don't know, probably a couple of years ago. It might have been when I was talking to Brian or. Uh, somebody, I don't know who I was talking I, In fact, it was right. I think we did a podcast about it and it was like, it was like, well, you know, like the way you're built is it'll make you hear things different. And I'm like, I never even imagined that everything, everything factors in at the end of the day.
1: It's kind of it bizarre. It, it, well, it's, it's bizarre, but it's really cool because like, you know, um, it, it's one of those things where it, it, it's something that truly does make us all unique. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that are marketed as, you know, buy this and you'll be unique. No, the, the reality is that the thing that makes you unique is how you're made, how you are made, you know? And, um, and at the end of the day, like, I mean, tone is one of those things that is pretty darn unique to each individual person, because even if you're trying to cop someone else's tone, um, the way that you hear Eddie Van Halen's tone, And the way that Eddie Van Halen hears it and the way that another person hears it, those are two or those are three different pictures, you know, Mm -hmm. audio wise. Those are three different things. And um, you're going to get a different sound, even though you think that it sounds exactly like it, you know.
0: At the end of the day, it's whatever makes you whatever makes you happy. Yeah,
1: exactly. You strum
0: that chord and it's like, mm hmm then then you did it right. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, it,
1: if you strummed it and it makes you sad, uh then stop it.
0: And <laughs> un, unless you're trying to make it you sad. Like,
1: yeah. like some sort of yeah. uh yeah.
0: Robert, you know, Rob, you know, a uh,
1: cure type situation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I well, it, it, if if you're if if you're trying to do that, you got to have a little bit of joy over actually achieving the sadness, right? So I mean, you're still happy. Boom. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh, oh man. I never dreamed that we'd get so deep. So deep talking about feelings it, it, and stuff.
1: Yeah. Feelings. Yeah, we all have them. It's 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 no. weird we don't we don't talk about them enough.
0: No, I don't have seems. any feelings. I'm I'm a neutral oh, yeah, individual. You do. I'm very stoic. Yeah,
1: okay. Okay. Sure. Sure.
0: No, I get Those worked up. Those are the
1: up. people that I, <laughs> that, that I was about to say. The pe- people that claim that are usually the ones that get the most worked up.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I get worked up. I mean, I've been worked up on this this show uh, more than a time or two. It's usually when somebody makes a has a opinion about food that I disagree with. I get real worked up about it.
1: You know well pho is the uh, is the perfect food and that's all that we need to have on that discussion because there's Excuse- no other uh, uh yeah, yeah. pho is the perfect food it's it's the best food that there is yeah, are you sure about that yeah. what uh, do you like about it so like, oh, what do i like about pho everything yeah. like Tell there's literally it. nothing that i don't like about it. um like nothing Wait, you did, could do you have a, a specific
0: Like a special variety that you like the best?
1: I like the ribeye the most, but I mean, you know, crazy as it sounds, you could probably throw a dead rat in there and I'd probably be like, yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) Oh yeah? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, don't, don't try it, but I'm just saying like, you know, I'd probably be like, eh, you know, it's still pho. Um, You know, it's like, like on the hierarchy of foods, for me, at least it goes uh, pho. Number one, cheeseburgers number two, and immediately behind cheeseburgers, uh, if not possibly like edging up on cheeseburgers, are tacos.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm down with all so. this. So So I'm also having a weird realization. Uh that mm-hmm. I may have been pronouncing that incorrectly for like a long
1: time. Ah, have you been calling it faux? Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's pho.
0: I didn't know that I'm like clicking or at it, least like, that's, I'm like
1: that's how that's everyone cool. out here at the fa restaurants- produce, pronounce it so that's that's what i'm gonna go with if if it, you know it's their food and uh I'm just there to eat it and uh if they say fa then I'm gonna say fa
0: I'm with you on that. I just didn't know, and i got i have a i have a i don't know if it's really a confession but it's a it's just something I feel I must share with you being as you're such a lover um I only recently had that for the very first time just like a couple weeks ago. Never had it before. Uh, you got to work on that. I loved it.
1: Y- y- I-, yeah, I, thought- I mean, like it. I-, I genuinely think it's the only perfect food. I mean, like, y- you you know, like, of course, once again, this is one of those things where just like tone, it changes from person to person. The pho does as well because you get the plate full of all the stuff. And, you know, you get all the bottles, you got your hoisin sauce, your, your sriracha. Um, you know, you might go to one place like, like where Aaron and I go to, uh, that has their house made sauce. Um, and, you know, you add different things to it and you get the balance right. And once you get the balance right, you just dive right in. I mean,
0: I, I, this is going to be kind of weird. So I've, I got to back up. There's a little bit of story behind this. So I, I recently, Ooh. um, really got into ramen because uh, I didn't really understand it. I, I haven't had a lot of, uh, you know, Asian foods. I've, I've you know, I've had right. American Chinese food, but that doesn't count. Um, but I got, I, I went to a local ramen place, which is actually one of the only places that this, I think it's the only place in the States that this chain exists outside of Japan. Um, I forget the name of it, but it'll come to me. Um, and I fell in love with, with ramen. Like at, at, on the first bite, I was like, I get it now. I understand. Um, And I, I really have had a craving for ramen, but it's kind of a drive to get back up there from where I actually live. And I wasn't feeling very good. The ramen was sounding especially good. And I thought it would make my flu better. And I thought, what's, a, what's, what's something that might be close? Like in, you know, as close as I can get in town. and It was, uh, I thought, there's a pretty well-regarded pho place, but I was calling it pho because I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. there's the story. So I went in there, ordered up some, uh, inhaled it, went home and went to sleep, and I woke up and I felt like 45% better, at least. Oh yeah, pho
1: is medicine, man. Pho is life. It's, It's amazing. Like, you start feeling sick, you just need a gallon of pho and a lot of that hot sauce in there. And just down it, and then go sleep. You're, you're you'll be fine the next day. You can run a marathon the next day.
0: I felt I went from I'm like I I'm toast. Like I'm I'm gonna just go in a hole and and never come out. To I took like a three hour nap after eating that, and I woke up like you know I don't actually feel that bad. This is a I mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute it to that. I'm gonna choose to believe that that's what it was, and I think I know what I'm having that's... for lunch today.
1: That's, that's what it is, man. Pho is life. It's amazing.
0: So, but this is a very particular podcast, and we've talked about, you know, your your favorite foods. Um, yes. I'm almost scared to ask, because I, I feel like I could get some sort of strange answer that I don't know how to respond to. And usually, I save this for the very end of the show, but I feel like we're both very passionate about our foods, and this could end up you know, going so long that it will be the end of the show. So, uh, Nick, what, what is your favorite kind of pizza?
1: Oh, my favorite kind of pizza. Okay. So my favorite kind of pizza is, um, there's a, 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 a there, there was a little pub down in, uh, down in South Georgia where I grew up. Um, and I'm about to give you a little, a little secret that no one uh-huh. else really knows. Um, it's called the Lamplighter Pub. That's ah. where the name for our compressor came from. Um, and so it's more like a bar <laughs> than anything else. But they made this pizza. Uh, it was across the uh, c- kind of close to um, Abraham Baldwin Agricultural College, um, which is everyone refers to it as ABAC. Uh, and that's where I started going to college before I came to the University of Georgia. Um but it's close to, to ABAC, and um, the 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 ABAC, all of the uh, all of the teams down there, they're the stallions, and they okay. have this pizza called the stallion. Um, and so the stallion is this. I don't even know how to describe the crust because it's not a normal pizza crust, and you're not going to find it anywhere else. And so there's really no point in describing it other than to tell you that it is delicious crust, and um, it's incredibly dense and. It does not have, like, a crust ring around it. Um, the pizza hmm. doesn't. So the pizza has toppings all the way to the edge. It's got tomato sauce, cheese, you know, all the normal things. But then it's got black olives, green olives, uh, green peppers, uh, red onions, white onions, uh, ground beef. Um, I don't even know what else is on there. There's Canadian bacon on there. Uh It's kind of a kitchen sink pizza Uh, and it even has anchovies on it. So you like for me, I always order stallion, no anchovies. Um, But that's uh, that's my favorite pizza. It's just kind of got everything on there. Um, And but the sad thing is, like, if you order a Supreme from someone else, uh, it just doesn't stack up uh, to that pizza. Um, And, you know, that pizza is like if I could go back in time, I'd buy like, you know, a hundred of them. Uh, have them not cook them and then put them into some kind of permanent frozen state where I could go and pull from them and cook them myself.
0: Are they, are they not around anymore? I think you said used to, or are you just because you don't live Uh,
1: They are. So the lamplighter pub is still there. It's changed ownership. And I hear that uh, the pizza has changed. Um, And if it has, then that makes me very, very sad because um like it it's it was the only like really like top shelf top tier um pizza and it, it honestly it wasn't like i say it's top shelf and top tier it was probably something you know the crust was probably something that was pre-made i don't care it, it, it was great it was perfect you know in, in all of its <laughs> imperfections it was perfect um at at the end of the day it was one of those things where it, all the flavors and everything just combined the the um most integral thing about it was that the pepperonis were hand sliced so they weren't thin pepperonis and they uh mm. they cupped up and they kind of held the grease while they were cooking mm-hmm. and everything and so that just made them like even more delicious and they get crispy around the edge so you get the snap of the pepperoni whenever you bit into it from the edge but you'd also get all this flavor from the grease kind of being cupped up in there and just soaking through it while it was cooking. Um yeah, so like it was a hand cut pepperoni and all that stuff and it was it was amazing. Um hopefully when next time I go down to, to 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 visit my parents, um hopefully I will find that the pizza is the same and if not then I will be very sad, but it'll be okay.
0: Well, I I wish you all the best, you know. I uh I so, hate to see I hate to see a good pizza go away, so fingers crossed on. Yeah,
1: me, me, oh, me too, me too, me too. Uh, my brother and I have actually talked about like trying to figure out exactly what uh, they were using for those stallions, and uh, just like kind of like starting a a, a pizza chain up here, uh, you know, like a little local pizza place or whatever up here in Athens uh, that does an exact replica of it, you know, <laughs> so. I I I guess we were talking about cloning the pizza, you know? <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there?
0: I do. I see what you did there. I like that. Um you know, I mean, why not? I've if there's one thing that I've I've realized uh over the last couple of years is like if you if you really want to do something, uh generally, like unless you're trying to fly around like Superman generally generally it's doable like it just depends oh, yeah. on how how bad you want to do it oh yeah so well, i, I you bet you can figure it out
1: my pizza cravings are uh are pretty strong these days so you know i might have to do that you know uh i gave you my top three number four is is pizza and if i had access to the stallion honestly it would be probably like number one uh, no not number one it wouldn't it wouldn't unseat the it wouldn't unseat Fub, but it might unseat, it might move tacos down actually, which is really weird for me because I do love me some tacos. I love tacos so much. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: all of those things you listed and then like, like I'm, I'm with you on the cheeseburgers. I talk about pizza on this podcast a lot, um, which I do love pizza, but my, I think my first love is probably burgers. Um, good, yeah. good, good burgers. but. uh and then, uh, man, I think I think we should just probably eat together sometime. Just feel like we would do we would pair up well.
1: Well, let's do it after June, because up until June, I want a this kind of restrictive thing, you know, trying to live a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, huh? But 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 you know, once uh, w- once June passes, um, you know, I'll be uh, I'll it'll kind of be no holds barred on uh, on the food choices. Uh, well,
0: okay, I don't know how restrictive you're getting. But, I
1: mean uh,
0: good. I'd oh, love to cook restricted. you I'd love I'd love to cook you a
1: brisket sometime. Oh, that'd be amazing. I would uh <laughs> I would definitely uh I would definitely take that. Uh and I could actually eat that right now.
0: Well, see there you go. There you go. That's that's fantastic. Um well we are approaching the the hour mark, but is there anything else you'd like to plug, talk about, uh get out there for people any anything at all?
1: Uh, I don't really know. I mean, uh, I think we kind of covered it all. We talked about food, uh, which is integral. We talked about tone. Um, Guitars. I mean, like, guitars are amazing. I love guitars.
0: Oh, yeah, you told me. I think I I know what I'm going to do because I don't really have a good acoustic. And I thank you for steering me down the path.
1: Uh, Oh, yes. Uh, Baxendale, he's next door to us. He's like... Well, not really next door. He's like five doors away. He's right across the parking lot from us. Um, and uh, yeah. So, okay. Everyone that's listening, uh, like keep listening, but uh, write down uh, <laughs> the name Baxendale. Uh, B-A-X-E-N-D-A-L-E. Uh, Baxendale Guitars. Uh, they take Vintage Harmony and uh and k guitars like acoustics um harmony and k's and and stuff like that, uh Stella's all those things, and they take them apart and uh they pull the back off, they pull the neck off uh they pull the frets out of the thing, and they put new frets in um rebrace everything, pull all the old bracing out, rebrace everything um and then slap the back back on there and reset the neck at the proper angle um put a new bridge on it, and um they, you get this guitar back that looks old because they don't redo anything on the finish. Um, but you get this guitar back that's like, it looks old. It's it's actually like legitimately relic. Um, and, you know, because it's a 60 or 70 year old guitar um, and uh, with a 60 or 70 year old finish. And at the end of the day, like you get this thing back and it sounds like this, mo- the most amazing acoustic you've ever played. Like, I mean, I've got... Four of their, uh, of their conversions. Uh, one of them's a Stella, all birch, uh, all solid birch guitar, which I didn't think the birch was a tone wood, but this guitar will change your mind on that. Um, one of them's a Harmony H165, which is all mahogany. Uh, I have a KK22, which is mahogany back inside, spruce top, super jumbo. Um, and then, uh, I've got this little parlor size, uh, silver tone that they redid um, and they've all been redone by Baxendale. And those are the guitars that get played. Um, My Gibsons and my Martins sadly sit in their cases. (laughs) And, uh, and I, I, if I'm being honest with you, they just sound better. The, the, the the harmonies and the Ks just sound better once, once Scott's done what he does. So I want to plug Scott Baxendale, but I want to plug him in a way that doesn't mean that I can't get his guitars anymore. So, go buy his <laughs> stuff, but don't drive the prices up, people.
0: Right, because I need one still. Nick, uh, exactly. Nick, he he talked to me about it, kind of on Messenger or something. And then
1: he's like, "I just got which one was it that you just recently got? Was it the Super Jumbo?" Um, I think that was a Super Jumbo that I had just gotten back from him. Yeah, I I bought this uh this case Super Jumbo. Um, you know, and it had a warped neck and, you know, all the, uh, like the bunch of cracks on the top and everything. And all that gets fixed, all of it gets fixed in their process and they put a warranty on it. Um, but anyways, I had just gotten that one back and I started telling you about it. I'm like, dude, it, like you cannot beat this because it has like the, some of the, the awesome things that, you know, vintage acoustics have that that's still happening in there. Um, even though the bracing is new. Uh, so mm-hmm. like, it sounds like a vintage instrument, but it's structurally new, you know, and it's got a warranty on it. Um,
0: well, then well, you played it for me just on the phone and I was like, oh, yeah, I did.
1: I played you a love song. You did.
0: It was beautiful. I, I cried a little yeah. bit. It was, it was wonderful, but, uh, let's not talk about it. I don't want to talk about my feelings. We Remember? had a moment.
1: It's okay. <clears throat> we had it a moment. A... It's okay.
0: Okay. We did. It was a good moment. But at, at, uh, I was go. surprised, like, I was like, this sounds amazing through the phone, through the whatever compression, you know, Facebook puts on things through all like the basically in the worst recording that could have happened. And it still sound I was like, listen, headphones, like that sounds amazing. Like I'm yeah. I'm in that's that's going to be the direction I go. I'm kind of just poking around for like a really. Uh, I used to look for one that played well, but now I'm not really too worried about it. I'm just poking around for a really cool looking old K or something.
1: So Yeah, you you find an old K or find an old harmony and <laughs> don't shy away from the like the Birch the, the All Birch Harmonies uh even because honestly my favorite one is a red burst all birch harmony um that's like a triple O size. So don't shy away from that um either. Uh because like you, you just find one that looks good. Uh, even if it's like, if it's got like if if the back is coming off of it, if it's cracked, um, and the like if the back of it's cracked, if the top is cracked, um, any of that stuff, you just email Scott, show him a picture of it, and I get I, I I'd be willing to bet you nine times out of ten he's going to tell you yeah that's fine send it in, um, because all of the issues with the guitar get fixed in their process, like and it's not the, that expensive
0: like comparatively no.
1: No, right now it's like 975 if you, if you send him a guitar, uh, you know, and so you get a vintage guitar back, um, that plays great. Sounds great. Uh, has a, has a warranty on it. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, like it, it's, it's just a killer deal. I mean, you're not going to find anything better than that. Um, so yeah, like definitely, definitely keep on the search for that. Uh, I would definitely want to plug him. And, uh, I want to tell people, um, thank you for, uh, for all the love that we've gotten on our mini chief, um, our mini chief amp has, uh, has kind of just taken off and blown up and everything is going crazy with it right now. Um, it sounds so good. (laughs) I I think that Andy hates me for designing that amp actually, uh, because his job primarily as of late has been to, uh, to, to build mini chiefs. Um, but, (laughs) uh, yeah, I want to, I want to say thank you, uh, for, for, for everyone that's, that's gotten one because, uh, we're having a lot of fun with them. Like Andy, Andy might have like a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, you know, look of disdain on his face, but in reality, he loves the mini cheek too. Um, (laughs) and, uh, those little things are a lot of fun. So if you haven't checked one out, I encourage you to check one out. Um, if you have, then thank you.
0: Uh, well, I liked it a lot. So yeah, just throw, just throwing it out there. You know, if that means anything,
1: it's, it's three Watts. Um, it's got four, eight and 16 Ohms on the uh, Ohm outputs on the back of the thing. Uh, you know, it's a head, um, and you can run, you can run the thing on, on a couple of four twelves easily, no problem. And it's very loud for three Watts. Like the efficiencies that we packed into that thing are just amazing. And it's, it's all tube. Um, and it's hand built right here. It uses Mercury Magnetics transformers, so there you go. There's a Mercury Magnetics plug right there. Um, they build top tier stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, like it's just one of those amps where you kind of have to have fun. Now, I don't know that you could sit down and and play it and not and not end up smiling some somehow. You know, uh, the cleans sound great. Which yes, even though it's a three watt amp, it does have cleans. Um, the drive what are those? is full and textured. Yeah, exactly. What are cleans? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the drive is full and textured. And the beauty of it is, is that it takes pedals well. So, yeah, uh, I I want to plug the mini chief and uh, and also check out our tomahawk uh, and of course the light speed. So if of you course, haven't had, the had a chance to check speed. out, have you? If you haven't had a chance to check out a light speed, I definitely uh, think you should. Um, If you haven't had a chance to check out the Tomahawk, Um, if you like tweed sounding overdrive, it is one of your best friends. It sounds so good. Um, And I think you'll like it. Uh, One thing to note on our products, uh, they're all sensitive, just like me. Uh, So if you turn the volume (laughs) control down on your guitar, you're going to get less drive. If you crank it up, you're going to get more grit. And uh, so they're they're built to behave and act like amps. Uh, All the pedals are. And so, you know, uh, we want you to to actually mess around with the knobs on both the pedal and the guitar so that you can see what that does, as well as your pick dynamics, because we build everything to do the things that good amps do. Uh, You know, the pedals are built to do all those things um, just as well as the amps do. Beautiful. Well, that was a good, that was a
0: good, good, good plugage at the end. Where can everybody find you on the interwebs in your various
1: places? You can find me at greeramps.com on Instagram follow us at greeramps uh on Facebook we're a little bit different we're greer amplification um and that's because someone else decided to be greeramps for a little bit and we had to shut that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh on Twitter we're kind of on Twitter but not really we don't really pay pay that much attention to it just because uh it's one of those platforms that I've never really gotten into myself, and I'm the one that runs the social media accounts um, most of the time. Sometimes we have some help with that. Um, but uh, on Twitter, we're at Greer Amps. So there you go. Uh, the only one that's different is, uh, is Facebook. Like I said, Greer Amplification on Facebook.
0: And if you guys want Nick's in the Facebook group, beneath, and guess what? Unlike some people, he responds. It's, it's wonderful.
1: So I do. You just have place. to tag me because, yeah, if, if you don't tag me, um, then I don't see it because I don't have time to go around and check all the groups. I want to, but I just don't have the time to do it. Um, but if you tag me uh, and ask me a question or if you tag me and throw me an insult, feel free to tag me, you know, whatever, uh, whatever you got. I'll take the heat. Um, uh, but yeah, like we're even know, you are sensitive and uh, I am sensitive, just like my pedals and my amps. <laughs> Very sensitive man. I like it. So there there you go. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely in the group and uh you know, I'm open for some conversation. So All right. Let's do this. I'm glad we we did it. We
0: what, two years in the making?
1: Yeah. It's or something like this that. This has been two years in the making. Uh you know. Hopefully it was as good for you as it was for me. Uh oh, it was wonderful. I, I, I think, I'm hungry. Well there you go. I'm always, see, we come full circle. I'm always aiming to please. You've done it. You've done it yet
0: again. There you go. Thanks for coming on, Nick. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you later. For Nick Greer, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know this one, I've been teasing it for years. I remember. I remember the first time Nick and I talked and we were so excited to do the podcast back in 2015. And you wouldn't believe it. I couldn't even, I couldn't even make up the story of, of how many things went wrong to prevent that from happening. But it finally did. And I'm excited to have that one in the can and out for all you beautiful people to, uh, hopefully enjoy. If you need anything from me, feel free to reach out. The Tone Mob on Instagram. Uh, you know, the Facebook group. If you search The Tone Mob on Facebook, you should find the group and we're all in there hanging out, having a good old time. Or if you just need to contact me directly, infotonemob.com. We'll have a little chit chat. And let's see. What other house cleaning do we need to do? Ah, yes. Um, Ed is working away at uh, the Kyber pre orders. So thank you to everyone who got involved in that. If you want to stay abreast of of kind of where those are, you know, you can feel free to message me or email me. That's cool. And but the quickest way would be just to check out Ed's Instagram. He's been doing a good job at keeping everybody informed as to the production status on the production. I'm losing. I can't talk. Production status on all that stuff. So, he's got the uh, metal back from the powder coater and Things are definitely moving forward on that front. So again, thank you for listening. Hope to talk to you next week. Bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company. And I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com slash StringJoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style. Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gunstreet Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what?